Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever this finds you. I am the author and reader, Shannon Moon, of this short story, Harvest Men, um, and or Pumpkin Wars. Uh, as with all my audiobooks, this is a work in progress. It's from a larger novel. Um, Harvest Men, Pumpkin Wars, let's begin. The Great Pumpkin War of the 23rd Epic, as it is formally known, was the defining moment of its era and very nearly took down the entire subcontinent of Giant. Given the environmental constraints, it is doubtful if the bloodshed could have spilled over the range of mountains separating the land. That said, the terrifying ordeal has been laid out in painstaking detail here, as I promised to my dying wife, as she meekly clutched my hands, begging for death in her final moments. By the time we got to her, the scarecrows had already had their way with her mind. They had spent the night splintering and reassembling the shards of her broken psyche in ways only they could. Not even the strongest blue blubber jellyfish could save her now. It is to her this book is dedicated, and it is in her honor of her now that I beg any reader brave enough to read the following account, please do not ever so much as dabble in the world of harvestmen, for with them comes only ruin, death, and suffering. Most scholars generally agree that Metal Ferguson was a monk, from well above the fog, with a mane-like beard of curly reddish-orange hair that encircled his plump, round face. The fiery tangle stood in stark contrast to the well-cupped hair he donned, cut in the traditional friar way, which was and remains the custom to this day. A pious man who later in his life adopted for himself the church he would come to run, Apollonia, the patron saint of dentistry. It is for this reason many believe the long-running tradition of arranging teeth in the rinds of pumpkins began here. Metal was a pious man. Quiet, except for his roar of a laugh. He would pray for hours each morning on his bare knees, wearing only a thin robe. The cold stone would seep into his bones and joints, but the monks from above the fog follow a different set of rules for a, from a different time. After hours of quiet, painful reflection, the cold would eventually numb Metal's thin, hairy knees. He could think for... He would think his God and begin his morning as he did every day, in the garden. Celebrated for his quiet piety, it is said that Metal Ferguson loved only two things in his life as much as the church he dedicated the last sixty years to. The first was his daughter Agnes, whom he lost to bog fever only a year before he cast off his previous life and took up his holy cause. The second was his garden. Metal considered the garden an extension of the church itself. As far as he was concerned, his day of worship never really stopped. The monks simply went from one place inside the monastery to the other, no matter if it was outside. You believe that God would have us not feel the sun and rain? 
that they who made nature for us to enjoy would rather we sit inside a stone box of our own creation? I think not, brother. Metal would always say, the monk's intense passion for toiling in the earth would become all-consuming. Even as the rain came down in sheets, metal remained unmoved, not seeing any, seeming even to notice, and if the monk did, he relished it, reveled in the soak like a pig in mud, as if the monk himself was invigorated by the rain and not just his precious plants. After establishing a garden, Metal began his experiments, as he called them. At first, the monk just tried simple things. As studious with his vegetables as he was with his faith, Metal kept detailed records of all his doings. It was from these collection of notes Metal began focusing his attention on making the biggest and tastiest versions of his favorite pumpkins, squashes, and zucchinis. The other monks celebrated his efforts, especially at the dinner table. When the odd monk would hobble his or her way into town, the townspeople could not help but notice that they were indeed eating better, as it showed in the monks' growing bellies and posteriors. Soon, as was the way of the church of the blue blubbered jellyfish, the monks began sharing their growing bounty with the townspeople most in need. In only a matter of a few short months, every person, chicken, pig, and goat was well-fed, all from the monastery's peak above the fog down to the coast. And thus, Giant's greatest age of innovation and the rise of the church of the blue blubber jellyfish coincided with the most violent war it has ever known, which is more often than not the case. Metal, as mentioned earlier, did not come to the church until much later in his life. This fact, combined with the relative lack of power and authority given to the church at the time, meant that Metal was somewhat limited in his scope. He helped to run the vendor stands and, even tenured, ventured as far as the great swamp meet, where he documented his first interactions with the Teakers. See Metal, Travelers with Teakers, for more information. Even still, making money off his prized gourds and root vegetables gave him little pleasure. Worse yet, he'd reached the limits of what he thought possible given the tools he had at hand. While the occasional fare or gag gift gave him the ability to test the limits of his pumpkins, especially the size, I myself would never question the undeniable necessity for pumpkins larger than horses and the endless smiles they provide. We all must admit it is easier to transport and sell two dozen large pumpkins than one enormous. And so, Metal would soon find himself a big fish in a small pond. Or rather, a large pumpkin in a small patch. Despite rising to the top of his own monastery, and even being given a seat on the senior council of the Church of the Blue Blubber Jellyfish, an honor which to that point had only been bestowed on five living members, Metal Ferguson found himself ceasingly unsatisfied. He was given to long bouts of uncontrollable sobbing, the kind of crying that sees one doubled over, gasping for air, which it would... Wishing it would end, could end. 
His cries and wails would echo off the stone walls at all hours of the night. Metal had lost his purpose for the second and final time in his life. That's when Brother Leech, the monastery's self-appointed doctor, veterinarian, and keeper of the sacred blue blubber jellyfish, decided what Brother Metal needed most was more time with the jelly. <laughs>